Welcome to Rehab Within Reach. We are your hosts, Dr. Chrissy Rankin, physical therapist and CrossFit Level 1 coach. And I'm Dr. Sarah Nelson, a physical therapist, and I'm board certified in women's health and lymphedema therapy, and I also hold a master's degree in orthopedic manual therapy. And I'm Dr. Shona Craig. I'm also a physical therapist, a board certified women's health clinical specialist, certified lymphedema therapist, and yoga teacher. We are a collective of women from various backgrounds who support each other and the community around us that have one thing in common, therapy solutions. This podcast will be addressing how the body, mind, and spirit work together to create our current state of being while offering a refreshing approach to how to create harmony within each system. Our treatment philosophy is to empower people through education by combating modern evidence-based practice with our innate primal wisdom in order to promote body literacy and compassion in your personal healing journey. Even though our professional background started in physical therapy, we take an integrative and holistic approach by addressing all systems of the body in order to bridge the gap between the current medical model in the United States and your ability to make autonomous decisions to achieve independence and wellness. This podcast is meant to challenge you to think in ways that may feel uncomfortable at first, but don't worry. Remember, our goal is to provide resources in order for you to make the best decisions for your well-being, which may go against what most of our society suggests is quote-unquote healthy or correct. As a reminder, this podcast does not replace the medical examination, assessment, and plan of care from a licensed medical provider who has seen you personally. Let's get started. So this is such a big topic. We're giving it uh, two hours. So this is the second half of our um, what is holistic health. And, And in our case for physical therapists and for us as individuals as as well. Um, I think all of us have had our own health journey, which has made us more interested in holistic health. So we made a list of questions that we're working through. And, and the, the first question that I have here is, what is the role of today's medical system in managing health? Um, and this is because I think it doesn't follow a holistic model as much as um, they talk about having a patient-centered model. It's uh, it's so wrapped up in efficiency, checking, checking boxes on documentation, um, and dividing people out into parts that I don't even know sometimes who's, to, who's looking at the whole picture. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about how everything is so specialized now that it requires a lot of communication with between providers and and appropriate or if that's not available, then the patient then the responsibility is put on the patients like to know exactly what the doctor said or the medical medical provider said and then relay it to the next person and stuff like that and it can get pretty messy, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like people have to go through a whole web. Like it's it's hard enough for me to figure out who I'm supposed to go to in the medical system, but it seems like that's the traditional route. You go to your primary care, and then they refer you to this person, and then that person's like, "Well, you should maybe see this person." And it is kind of a maze to navigate. Um, you get quite expensive and confusing it, it um, can take months and yeah. I know having practiced for I think I'm I'm in the 30-year range if I look at how it was done 30 years ago to now it is definitely different and and people it takes longer for them to get a diagnosis and I recently yeah. saw a, a research article on that too demonstrating that and you hear these stories all the time amongst our patients like, oh, yeah. And that yeah. we're the first ones that actually listened to them or did mm-hmm. the most thorough exam on them than they've ever had before. Yeah. 
And uh, I'm hearing almost weekly stories of, well, you know, someone has uh, a loved one has a cancer diagnosis um, and it's taking a month to to uh, get the biopsy, get the reading on the biopsy, get to um, the people who can help treat it. And that's I we almost have a story like that every week now. And then you wonder too, if that's like part of the, well, it's probably a mix of everything, right? It's never just one or the other, but is it a mix? It's the mix of how the system currently is set up. And then unfortunately, I mean, I think there's a huge exodus right now of healthcare practitioners leaving the field because of what is happening and, um, and the lack of, of, job fulfillment, yeah. you know, of what's happening. And so um, it's kind of like a combination of many different yeah. things. Yeah. Well, I, some of the doctors I really respect, I think they do good work. They've somewhat left the system and they're, they're not either not taking insurance or, you know, doing some model of uh, what, where they, they have more control over their, their practice. And, uh, and and the only thing that's like scary about that is just then we're going to have a higher disparity, you know, between groups of people in the healthcare that they receive, you know, because people, certain people can afford it and certain people can't. And then you're hoping, okay, if you're doing a cash model, which in theory gives you more money then hopefully then in the long term, then hopefully you can give back maybe to people who are who would not be able to afford you, you know, but need your expertise and type of care. So um, it's like, you know, there's so many different sides of the coin. It, it can be difficult to manage what is the best for you as a a practitioner and what is best, like helping our community and stuff like that too. When I looked at this question, like what is the role of today's medical system in managing health? I sort of thought about what, I use the medical system for, um, and I don't really use it. Luckily, I'm pretty healthy, but I don't really use it that much. I actually do way more um, cash-based services like acupuncture, massage. Um, I exercise, do yoga classes, that sort of thing to maintain um, and improve my health on my own. And so I thought, okay, well, the medical system is when I need a little to get something checked out, or it's just for like catastrophic events, getting injured or broken bone. Um, And for like, if you have a major diagnosis, it gets to that point, then I think they do have the technology to help cure it. Um, And then, you know, they do have this. I see it as like they have these advanced technologies for when your health has deteriorated to the point where you have a diagnosis or an injury that they can help fix. Like yeah. even just like life support and like life-saving interventions, it's pretty amazing. But when it comes to, yeah, just overall health, it's, I do that all on outside of the medical system. And now that I'm getting older, I understand something my mother always wanted. She always wanted an annual exam and she wanted them to run all the screening tests. And when she was younger, it was easy to get that thing that has a a screening exam. But as she got older, they've really moved away from those annual exams, it seems. Mm -hmm. Um, And now that I'm getting older, I realize, oh, that it gives me a lot of peace of mind to know, well, you know, I've had all the screening for the year. I'm good to go for the year. Uh, right. Because you kind of wonder when symptoms do show up, like, should I pay attention to this? Is it a... Right. I guess to the point, too, where I, like, on the opposite side of the coin, like, I don't, I almost avoid going to the doctor because I don't want to get involved in the medical system. <laughs> but then I'm like, that sometimes is not always good either because you're right, like, you can miss things. Um but you're right about the screening too. I just went to a dermatologist to look at all my freckles and moles and, you know, uh, just check, just do a skin check. And that made me feel more at peace. Um, yeah. 
myself sort of thing. To like when we get sometimes patients um, uh, that have um, like they, they, they really truly want the diagnosis, mm. like they want the name to the whatever's cluster of symptoms that they might be having, right? And I always talk about within like our realm that there's an umbrella and we can call it this, but then it has all of these things underneath it, right? Yeah. And sometimes I think we can get so caught up with that diagnosis um that now granted when it comes to the management like what we're just talking about the management of our health and having a a diagnosis sometimes open the gates you know to let you into the system that gives you those the next cascade of events um but then sometimes we do get so like obsessed with that diagnosis and Mm -hmm. um and even for myself like you know all the symptoms that I'm, I've had in my life, like always sh- like say it's a low thyroid or a hypothyroid, but yet everything is fine. Right? right. And like, why am I searching like that, that, that validation, validation, um, that I have a hypothyroid. Okay. Maybe I do. And I just do the things that can help it, but I don't need that diagnosis. Right. Um, and it's, and, and, it's just so fascinating how you can get into that. Like even the physical therapy, like, you know, when people say like the prolapse, like, oh my gosh, like, and you know, then you tell them, oh, there's like grades one through four and, you know, and they're like, what grade am I am? And I'm like, oh, it really doesn't matter. You know, like it's, it's okay. Um, so it's, it, but I still want to give the information, you know, to the patients and like make them empowered through that. If they feel empowered with a diagnosis, you know? So it is kind of like, again, multiple aspects of the same thing like you know sometimes one thing is only one thing is like not as great as like that's a really good point like how do you feel how do you have a how do you feel empowered by a diagnosis versus attached or just I feel like it could go either way you could actually be disempowered by a diagnosis um when you get attached to it I like this. I'll tell my patients that a diagnosis is a territory. You don't have it. But if you know the territory you're in, then you know what tools to use to get out of there. <laughs> that is so Wait, can good. you say that again? So you don't have a diagnosis. You're in the territory of that diagnosis. Ooh. No, you're in so. The territory. Yeah. It's different. Than I, I learned this from somewhere else. Like, but so I can't tell you who anymore because I've used it for so long. Yeah. So like, so if you have fibromyalgia, do you have fibromyalgia? You're in the territory and I want to move out of that territory. I don't have to have this thing. I don't have to own it and be it. Yeah. I'm writing that down. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I think the medical model is very good for diagnosis when it's allowed to do it, which is, it seems lately it's not allowed to do that very well. But medical doctors are the yeah. best at diagnosis when they're allowed to apply what they learned in school. And yeah. once you have that, then don't own it. Just use it to say, okay, if that's where I'm at. How do I get away from there? <laughs> so yeah. like, it's wonderful, I think. I used to tell my patients, if the doctors can't find anything, yay, because you can, um, now we can get to work. So yeah, and then it we, goes back to the Ayurvedic model where maybe nothing is showing up on tests yet and you do have more of a chance to um, balance those, those symptoms out. Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of jumps to what are the tools of the holistic model and what do you consider the elements of holistic health practice? So when um you know my practice kind of developed in the into this treating people who were chronic i was like i just wanted to build my practice i'll take anyone who who needs help come on in and so it would be a lot of people with mysterious things that no one could really um pin down and and so i would have to like develop new ways of treating them not not what I learned from school. And so I was thinking, oh, I'm creating this whole new system. <laughs> and and I even I, I thought 
I thought I made up the name self-neglect. It's an actual diagnosis. It's not, I didn't make it up. And um, that is where I found yoga and Ayurveda uh, too, because everything I was discovering existed in yoga. Like the when I started looking at yoga and the elements of it and what it teaches, I'm like, this is what I'm teaching. So we have these existing models of Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, yoga. Uh, those are the ones I'm familiar with that are already codified and time tested and, um, y- you know, and I'm like, I don't remember learning them as part of my practice. Like that's what that I thought we, with Ayurveda too. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. No, yeah. it's true though. Like, so when we're learning about fi- being physical therapists, I think there should be a course of where does this fit into the whole practice of health and healing for humans. Mm, that would be good. Like the history of health, like over yeah, over the centuries. Even my, um, you know, like, uh, I really love to study visceral manipulation and my teacher is so good um, at the detail of things. And when he gives the history, he gives the white man history of medicine. Right. Yeah. And, and there's all this, exi- this, I mean, it's a wellspring of information that. Yeah. For thousands of years before white people were even around, you know, yeah. it's. It is fascinating. And, I mean, and granted, I don't think any of us really thought of it in that lens until like a year ago, you know, when most of us didn't really have that lens or or was blind to the lens that was there, you know, for centuries and we just weren't buying into it, you know, um, compared to what we are now. Oh, man, so. I just, I shared a a podcast on our Facebook page on therapy solutions, Facebook page um, that is excellent on an Ayurvedic perspective on the pandemic. Ooh. And it is very good. I re- recommend listening to it. Um, oh, yeah. um, Madison Madden is the, okay. the person who, who is the speaker. Um, but if we look at, so, what are these elements? It's, um, I think, putting a person in the context of their whole health, their whole life. And so when I say whole health, I now I do a, a thorough systems review. You know, people come in and they want to just hand you their, their bladder. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fix this for me. And, and I want to know... Uh, you know, about their musculoskeletal system, their nervous system, their ear, nose, and throat, their et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know, reproductive, um, hematology, dermatology, what, what's happening. I want to know their social setting, what their work is, what their habits are. I, um, I, I, I want them in a context of their whole life. So, um, before I ever decide what I'm going to do with that one problem. And so often I find that that one problem is the end result of little chinks in the armor in five different systems. Um, right. Which is not your typical PT. I've had people come in and they won't have written down all of their medications that you're, they're taking or all the surgeries that they've had because they don't think it's relevant to the problem that they're coming to you for, like rotator cuff tear or something or, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're, I don't know. It's always this like shift of them saying, Oh, like you want to know about my reproductive health. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah it's different. It's a different way of thinking. And, and not only the systems, but also like your daily habits, mm-hmm. you know, like, are we sleeping okay? Are we anxious throughout the day? Do we have headaches every day at four o'clock? You know, like mm-hmm. what are our daily symptoms and daily habits as well, which then combine with um, the systems and knowing how we can manipulate those systems to our advantage with our daily habits. And yeah. um, I think 
also acknowledging like their past like traumas and past education and past um, experiences also kind of blended with that holistic model too. Uh, and it does seem that we end up with um, touching in on spirituality as yeah. well. I, and one of the things I've loved about the clinic is that's it is not written anywhere that that we have a spiritual role. But everybody that comes in there has a spiritual as therapist has a spiritual interest or a spiritual practice. Yeah. Yeah. And every person has a spiritual wait, I don't whether they are religious or they're spiritual at all or they're not or they're agnostic or it it plays a role no matter what. It's just part of being human. You have your spiritual layer of being. So those yeah. often come up and how that fits into your health. So I think when I look at people too, part of the holistic model is to uh, remove the label, hear the label, remove the label, or, or, or if they give a label, it's like, well, what would be underneath that? So if I have a system, a, a symptom, I'm thinking what symptom, um, what system is affected? What is the pathology that would be explained? Um, and um, how will we address that? And then, so every day is like a big mysterious question. Like, wow, that is so interesting. I, every day there's somebody presenting something I don't have an answer to. I think of one lady um, last week, and I I really related to her, um, but had an extremely healthy lifestyle. Like I should be so good, and and got cancer, right? And she can't figure it out. Um, she's a very active person, engaging, passionate about what she does and how she lives. And the doctor gave her, I think it was a a Billify because he felt she was too anxious. Hmm. And I, and I think that's how we're going to interpret pass, uh, passionate women. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's too anxious. <laughs> but then it's yeah. not looking at how anxiety, her anxiety could be a symptom of what's going on. Or what if we addressed her anxiety by helping her with her daily routine and with meditation and her, different types of exercise and then that would then you'll help her balance her whole system out to help deal with the diagnosis but you're not yeah. and you're in, just numbing her then it's not going to do anything and instead of saying this is this anxiety is psychological it, you can be saying what is driving this this energetic um almost at times ungrounded but she directs it very well in her life um what systems being affected? How could I affect that? And you can do it within the, you know, within our model of a systems review, but you could then apply a Chinese medicine model or an Ayurvedic model uh, also. Yeah. Like to, in, instead of judging that this person has a psychology alone. Right. Yeah. So, um, what are there other parts that you guys see to the um, holistic model, um, or what? What are the tools of this model? What do you consider the elements of of holistic health practice? I get. I think we've touched definitely on the. Um, what are the elements of the holistic practice? Um, I think also besides um, like yoga and Ayurveda and spirituality, um, maybe some other stuff too could be looking at relationships and um, are your relationships like supporting your journey or are they hindering your journey? Um, and like looking, helping patients like look at management of relationships and how they can what resources they have out there that can help them um and i think we've already talked about um we talked about um 
the psychology of or the past traumas and stuff like that too. So yeah. I think we nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess too, when you say, if we're saying a, a yogic model, what is in that model is, um, is the relationships and the um, daily routines and um, being active. Uh, what are some of the other things? Um, well, just the values one lives and are you living according to your, your design, your personal makeup? Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't have to be yoga. We don't have to put that label on it. And I think that's another thing about therapy solutions is I, I don't want people who all think alike. I like that we think a little different and we come at the problems uh, differently. Not everybody at the clinic is doing yoga. <laughs> right. right. Yoga is just a, a, a defined system, like you're saying, like Ayurveda, yoga, but all there's so many overlaps between all these different symptom systems and not just one of them is it. And that's why mm-hmm. it's so fun to learn like so many different systems and methods. Um, I run away from anything that says like, this is it, or this is the one thing that you should be doing. Um, because they're all, uh, I don't know, that's I'm going off on a different tangent, maybe, but you know, like far visceral cranial sacral they're all fascial release things and not just one that's it yeah it's just the way that we we just need to be able to define things or put things into a system to understand them and then we can let go of those systems yeah chrissy do you see like because like your exercise love is is crossfit and functional fitness like do you see a holism in that approach yeah, I think there's definitely this idea of nutrition and community focus and um, strength training and, and using different modalities to achieve the fitness that you're wanting. Um, I think it is kind of limiting in the aspect of acknowledging the person beyond nutrition and fitness, right? Um where, where I think that's where yoga does like slip in and, and does allow us to understand that it's more than just our physical body, that there's more to it. Um, and so I think that is what CrossFit or other like traditional strength training programs are missing is that next spirituality, that next like deeper connection within ourself um, beyond um nutrition and good habits and recovery and, and getting to the gym and that kind of stuff. So, um, I mean, it's getting, I hope it's getting there. I'm sure there are coaches and there's gym owners who use CrossFit as their model, but are acknowledging all the other stuff that we were just talking about. So, but also CrossFit's fairly new. I mean, it's only been around technically for like 20 years, um, under the label of CrossFit. So, um, you know, it's not been thousands of years like yoga and Ayurveda. So, yeah. uh, the, I think the kernel in in all these things uh, that how do I want to say this? Okay, as physical therapists, we have these different tools. So, and and they're all a bit incomplete. But to help the person get to where they can be living a happy, healthy life, we probably accumulate several tools to do that. And, and that's where I um, had fun once making up that word. We joke about that sentence therapeutics, because it's sort of that it's all things, whether they come from movement, psychology, or body work that promote awareness arising out of bodily sensation. And so there are all of these different approaches are the universal kernel is that we discover our own um, enlightened nature, I'll call it. It, And you can get there through any movement system. And something um, like CrossFit that brings you to an edge is definitely designed for that. And you do see it in some of the the, um, different programs. You might see it in individuals spring up. 
Right. And, yeah. and I notice it in our area down, it's so crazy in Hermiston, Oregon, they have practitioners of NET and, um, and um, I think it even, well, in any case, somebody is teaching the system of NET and then they realize, oh, they, they have this self-realization. They set up a new system because they believe that they've just discovered something new, but really what we're right. <laughs> Finding is our, our true nature. And um, I think that's kind of at the heart of holism and the tools we use to get there may vary widely because somebody's going to be more excited about CrossFit and somebody else is going to be more excited about yoga or turned off by either. Okay. Um, so, so the other thing the dark side of the holistic model is that there's all of us, there can be all these crazy tools out there. So how do you determine if some new treatment is efficacious or um, uh, some, you know, tool or treatment that somebody wants to do? Yeah. Is. Yeah. I think that's a great, like, cause you always talk about the shadow of anything that's bright. There's always a shadow and, um, there, are, I mean, there are sham things out there, obviously, that people um, either truly do believe that help them, which the power of suggestion, like we can't like take that away from people, right? Um, but I, I always tell patients, like, instead of adding things like ten things at one time, like let's add one or two, and then see how you do within two weeks to a month, and if there's literally no change, and you can look me in the eye and say that you have tried consistently trying something, then that wasn't, and nothing happened, then, okay, then that, that wasn't for you, right? And we go to the next one and then try the next thing. And again, like having the honest conversation, you know, I'm here to give you multiple tries of different things. And, but, you know, you have to consistently try to see what can really work best for you. So that's kind of how I approach it. Mm-hmm. I think um, uh, if you can, if it, what are the things? If it's safe and you're willing to spend the money, go ahead and give something a try. Um, so determining if something is safe, I guess it de- really depends on what it what it is. I mean, um, there. There, there's like these using electrical current to diagnose. Uh, there's these different tools out there for that. Um, oh, it, I don't know. Um, but certainly having someone run on electric current and uh, not going to hurt me. I don't know how efficacious it is, but, uh, you could give it a try if you're willing to spend the money. Um, what are some of the, um, yeah, what are the dark side? What is the dark side of the holistic model? Well, yeah. definitely it's, you know, there's a, a lot of things out there <laughs> like people yeah. develop tools and treatments and, um, Maybe, maybe they work, maybe they don't. I, I don't know, but. Uh, I always think about, because I always joke that I'm like obsessed with cults because I could potentially be one. <laughs> and I would be the person that would become into a cult and how like they're that guru side mm-hmm. and the people who, yep. like, and I'm not saying I'm not anti-guru using the term, um, but you know, there are people out there who will take advantage of people who are in need of help. And I think, and they truly are there for their own gain and not to help people. And so I can see where that holistic, you know, model can get people in a spot that they can't get out of as easily as they thought they could. So, um, or like, you know, there's people, and this is my, very one example and it's not that many but you know there's people who live a vegan lifestyle and believe that their children mm-hmm. even before they should like 
eat a vegan lifestyle without having the proper nutrients of breastfeeding and like stuff like that. And so, you know, yes, the vegan model for a lot of people, which is tends to be lumped into the holistic model, right? Yeah. Or just nutrition, right? You can sub take vegan out, right? And sub any type of diet lifestyle that you think is superior to anything else. But, you know, we could be using it inappropriately for different reasons, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it's always about intention behind what you're doing and the follow through through it, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. One of my teachers, he, he said, he said, uh, it's Richard Moss. He said, I think a thought could be worse for you than some, than some of the foods you eat. <laughs> True. Well, because it seems like sometimes people develop these really strong belief systems around, I mean, in general, but definitely within the holistic model, like you're saying, like certain diets, um, just, yeah, and that can be to their detriment if you're not actually listening to what your truth is, like what your body really needs, because you're stuck on the belief that it should be this way and that could contradict yeah. with what you actually really need mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. you know it i can't well my our clinic is our um experiment lab so we don't have a lot of gadgets and gimmicks there mm-hmm. uh, you know, i've bought one piece of equipment besides the stuff I bought in the beginning in 20 years. And, um, you know, somebody said to me once though, you know, people like, like gimmicks and then you get them in the door and then you can give them the rest of the story. But, um, I, for me, the things that are going to make us better are just these basic things of how I live day to day. It makes me think about too, how like not get along with gadgets and gimmicks, like people, get on so many different supplements um mm-hmm. herbs or and like that can be a problem too yeah they, they you know a handful of, of prescription meds or a handful of supplements like it's just a different model exactly mm-hmm. i mean going back to what you said like it's still more important to work on the your daily habits and your exercise the basics first but it's so boring. So like the problem of the problem of lipedema. So it was so interesting to, to talk at this fat disorders. Um, I think it's the resource society, something like that. And uh, somebody liked what I said and she called me to see if she could work for, with me from a distance. Um, and yet she, you know, what I was telling her was I'm just going to work with you to develop the basic, um, those, that, those quadrants, you know, like self-care, uh, body work. Um, do you have the movement that will help for your condition? Do you have good nutrition? Do you understand um, the practice of mindfulness, the, you know, how to work with your physiology? And so she decided not to work with me because I didn't have any gadgets. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're right. Yeah. They are boring. But each one of those things could take a long time to develop. Yes, they're very, they're, they seem unimportant, but they're like the right. most important thing. Right. That, yeah, you might first hear that and be like, oh, like that's, I already am doing those things or like, I'm, I don't need to go over this. Like, give me something more, give me something extra. Something yeah. dramatic and big and. Right, yeah. right. So when you really dive into it, I mean, we're in this world and I still could work on all of those things still. Yeah. <laughs> it still could be better, all of those things. Yeah. I have a patient that um, I see regularly because she needs the body work in order to live her yeah. life, like how she wants to live her life. And it was interesting. Um, she used to be like obsessed with, because she has knee, um, like, away and you know oh we're gonna have to have a knee replacement here soon and 
And, but she's realizing that we're putting it off and putting it off because she's doing well. And she's like, well, how am I getting better? And it was like a combination of things. I was like, cause she used to be obsessed with kinesio tape. And then I think she ran out of it and then she realized, oh, I don't need it. Right. And then I was like, oh, well, we also have this thing called like a cold laser. Like, let's just try it. Cause she had like a flare up and then she's like, oh, that thing is so amazing. Like it's so good. And but then also, you know, she's like asking my me like why, you know, my doctors kept telling me that eventually I'm going to have to have a knee replacement. In the past year, my knees haven't gotten worse. They've actually gotten better. Like what is going on? And I said, well, it, it could be the things that I'm doing, but also like you were buying into taking care of yourself a little bit more, being active. And also she came to me a year and a half ago after her son died of a drug overdose so she was still in the throes of like grief and I said I think this connection that we have made like is helping you through your grief which also can help with your pain as well um so it is amazing how like yeah I use the kinesio tape yes I used massage or manual techniques yes I used cold laser um but in reality it could be that little like catalyst to like get you to buy in and then going through your grief and going through improving your health, like is actually the root cause of what is in helping you and get better. Yeah. Oh, I like your example too, because you, you know, your presence with her and just listening uh, is of all the things you've done with her is probably the most healing. Um. I was thinking yeah, it's cool. we, we want to know the the when I taught um, managing the difficult patient and I would do this exercise um, where we would kind of work through the awareness wheel on a difficult patient and in almost every one of the workshops it would end up that what the therapist wanted was to be able to help that patient get better and felt that they perhaps didn't know everything they possibly could to help that patient get better. And so the we, they were striving to know more. And we do, like like we keep learning, we want to know more things, but you you can't you walk in the room with that patient, you don't know everything. And you'll never know everything possible to help that person and yet they get better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's, you know, the point is that it is not the knowledge that helps them, but our presence with them that, yeah. that helps them. So we can get excited about somebody's new approach or fascial method or, or like fab, fabulous exercise thing or whatever, or tool, but it's not those things that get you better that, that there's a, in Yogananda Paramahansa um, autobiography of a yogi, like this is one of my career quotes, do not confuse agent with single cause. What you're using to help someone get better is not what gets them better. It's just that igniting the divine spark of healing within them. So every cell of the body is programmed to heal. Um, writing that down too. That's true. <laughs> do not confuse agent. With what do you single mean cause. By, what do you mean by that? The agent's the hot pack. Is the hot pack, the ice pack, the massage technique, the special um, foam, vibrating foam roller, the particular exercise, the special diet. <laughs> Okay. Those are not the things that are getting them better. It's no. And uh, I, I mean, Chrissy, you said it, relationship yeah. is, a, is a key. It's like, how yeah. do we light that divine spark within them to heal? I guess it starts with just listening to them. Yeah. Yeah, because this is a good point because we do get so honed in on these checking the boxes right and 
and maybe the relationship and the connection is how something works like i'm using quotes mm -hmm. right like how something quote unquote works versus it doesn't work is that it's missing that spark you know like shona just said or that that piece that ties it all together was missing i think for the practitioner when we work this way you don't get burned out i was just thinking that because <laughs> then you don't feel like you have to do something or you, that you worry that you don't have the right technique for them or whatever yeah you just kind of can relax mm -hmm. and and it's uh it's the work isn't exhausting it's exhilarating i was on friday i had some dizziness i and uh so i went into work with my head spinning and by the end of the day i was doing better you know and I, I think it's being able to work with people with the intention of helping their lives be better, making connection. Um, yeah. Yeah. That that was that was amazing. Probably um, why we like to work with chronic pain and chronic conditions versus yeah. like typical orthopedic where it's just more of a protocol and you're just trying to fix this or that because then we are with chronic stuff we are working with the whole person it's just more natural to work with the whole person i guess and um do you i mean earlier in my career i remember feeling like okay i i got to get this person better fast the faster the better mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's still something that goes on in the orthopedic setting. So when you when I ran up against somebody with a chronic problem who wasn't getting in better, it turned into such a struggle. That was exhausting. Yeah. That's true. It is kind of written in I feel the, the physical therapy world. It's, there is this pressure to progress them um, as efficiently as possible. I remember when I, I had a patient who had chronic knee pain and I told her, oh, you know, it could take, it could take a year before you start seeing different, like you've been living with this your whole life. She was an older, older lady and she never came back because she said that that would take too long. So it's the pressure too from the patients that they want you to fix them or help them get better quick, quickly. Yeah. Um, and the, you know those those surgeries and such are not quick fixes either. Though even the medications, they're not quick mm -hmm. fixes. They're um, they can take years to recover from surgeries. Can and um, mm -hmm. medications, you know, are not curative. Often they just are sim managing symptoms. So, right. Uh, Someone asked me again, a lipedema patient, how will I know I'm getting better? You know, what will be my measure? And I said, your measure is that at the end of the day, you can say that you did these things to take care of yourself and pat yourself on the back. Good job. Because the outcome is a bit out of our hands. Like you can do your best job and it's not going to turn out the way you want it to. That's the, that's the challenge of being okay with that. There, For a while, there's a book on our shelf called The Empty Pot, and it's a kid's book, and I would bring it out and read it to patients. <laughs> and it's the story of this um, little boy, and he loves to grow flowers, and um, the emperor has no, he has no offspring, so he has to choose who he's going to, hand down his legacy to. And so he hands out seeds to all the kids in the kingdom. And at the end of the year, they're to bring their, their flower that they have grown from the seeds that they were given. And the, the one with the best flower he would pick to be his offspring. So this kid who knows I got this because I know how to grow flowers. He, um, they, 
you know, he's doing his best and nothing will grow from these seeds. So it comes time to bring the flowers and everybody's coming with these gorgeous flowers and he comes with an empty pot and he is chosen to care to take on this guy's legacy because the guy had given everybody cooked seeds. And, and so they weren't, they were not fertile seeds. The result was supposed to be nothing. Oh, everyone else. And, you know, I know this story is probably about honesty and integrity, but it's also about you just put in your good day and you let the rest be managed, you know, just you just take what comes because it might not work out. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Isn't that a great story? I love that story. Yeah. So, well, I think, um, do, do you guys have any other examples of applying the holistic approach in your practice and how you do it? We touched it. Yeah, I think we, we yeah, have. I think we addressed that, especially in the uh, first, the other, our last um, recording. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, th I think we've gone through, yeah. through yeah. these. Yeah. yeah. Start to wrap it up there. Yeah. Yeah. For, For people sure. who are listening to this eventually, I, you know, I'd love to, hear how they're applying the holistic model or if they see elements that we've left out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our group tends to have these fantastic discussions and we always ask ourselves why we haven't recorded any of them. And now here we are. If you are interested in more content, we'll be releasing new episodes every other Monday. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Therapy Solutions PLLC. That PLLC is super important. This is the Rehab Within Reach podcast, where all are encouraged to experience wholeness and independence. See you soon.